Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome back to the Wolverine Podcast. I'm John Borton. I'm here with, of course, the one and only Tom Crawford. You can hear him on Sunday nights on Press Pass with Jack Ebling and a variety of characters. Uh, you can he is the founder of the Crawford Podcasting Network. You can see him on all kinds of videos. And Tom Crawford was certainly among the many down in Indianapolis, as was I, for the Big Ten Championship. And Tom, uh, they got the job done in a kind of a familiar fashion. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A second half of uh, Magic Pixie Ducks. I'll tell you what, I am busting, man. I am busting. I got home. I drove in my driveway uh, in East Lansing, 5.35 a.m., so let's make that Sunday morning. But, you know, fired up the Big Ten Network when I walked into the house. So, I mean, I was still humming, you know. I mean, so uh, I, I didn't even go to bed for a little bit. But, um, no, it was, it was great. I, In all fairness, I, I did my cake and eat it. Um, I did the media uh, pressure with Up You and seeing all the boys from the Wolverine.com and, and had dinner with you and Pat Hayes and, and uh, went over all that stuff. I did the post-game press. But in the middle, I went fan. I sat in section 139 down there behind a the Michigan bench, 13 rows up, and just uh, loving every minute of it. Uh, wow. That second half was awesome. A little nerve-wracking. As Actually, we talked about that. Remember when we had that conversation between mm-hmm. you and Trevor um, and, and Trevor Woods and and, and Ballas? And, and uh, we said, you know, it, it's going to be, you know, say, at halftime it's going to be tight. And it was yeah. tight. One point. 
Yeah, I was saying all week, people would ask, how do you think it's going to go? I said, I think it's going to go like it's been going for the last yeah. 10 weeks. You know, yeah. there's this cliffhanger at halftime, and then you shove the opponent over the cliff. Uh, because Michigan, what does it do? It learns what is being done to it in the first half. It, uh, it attacks in the ways that it needs to, and the, the conditioning. I mean, yeah. you know. Hello, Ben you, Herbert. <laughs> Jim Harbert, Harbaugh has talked about Ben Herbert and yes, all that he he's brought. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> old boys do for a raise about now because, okay. you know, that this team has delivered constantly in the second halves. And uh, I, I think they're led by a kid that uh, just doesn't get shook. I, you look at Jay, Jay McCarthy in operation and um, the, the I, I have been told that the J.J. McCarthy that we see uh, out in front of the media, the kind of bouncing in swagger says, hey, how's everybody doing? And then on the way out, hey, you guys have a great day. Yeah, you guys have a great day, man. Yeah. Every one of you. <laughs> and I hear that he's the same way in a tight game in the huddle. Oh, hey, I mean, he's I, communicating what he has to, but he's he's loose. Listen, I'm a people watcher, and, and when I had the privilege of sitting behind the the Michigan bench so close, you know, 13 rows up. So I'm looking at everything uh, on that bench, the whole dynamics, a lot of the players, you know, like Caleb Coles are getting everybody jacked up, you know, getting the crowd because I thought the Michigan crowd was kind of nervous. And it's almost like the walk-ons and the, and the injured guys were trying to get the crowd going. It was really weird um, because, I, I mean, I, I think Michigan fans were like, oh, this is not the way it's supposed to be going. They're, they're, they're getting too many yards. But I did notice one thing. You remember the pick that J.J. threw? I don't know, yes, late third yes. quarter, or whatever, uh, on that scramble attempt, and 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 you know he uh, he got a little greedy, if you will, and so he comes off the off the field, and Jim Jim Harbaugh greets him, and you know he's pulling off his band, looking at the plays, they're going over the plays, and he's looking so unflappable and businesslike. He's not pounding his helmet, you know. I mean, a little like Tom Brady was doing last night in that first half. He was looking at he, Tom Brady was Tom Brady of all people showing that frustration moment. JJ Mc Tom Brady can learn from J.J. McCarthy, man. He got to stay cool. And, I mean, he came over there. He's looking at it, and then he's pumping everybody up. And I was like, this kid is amazing. He's he's a sophomore. Mm-hmm. And I, and I that jumped at me last year, and it's really jumping out at me this year. Um, and I do remember, I, mean, I think you were still, did you stay down in Indy on Sunday? Yeah, the, uh, well, I left very early. Okay. So, anyway. Okay, so, uh, you know, when they had the, the selection show, whatever, and so, um, you know, they had the, the ESPN guys, uh, uh, inter- you know, Kirk Herbstreet interviewed Jim Harbaugh, and 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 Jim goes, you know, Kirk, you know, I was, as a quarterback, you're a quarterback, I mean, I, was, I had these nervous moments. He never gets nervous, says Jim Harbaugh, about mm-hmm. J.J. McCarthy. And I look, you know, I see it, I study that stuff, his, on the side, he's right. This kid is... <laughs> He's a freak when it comes to poise. The only thing wrong on that interception is he had way too much time to throw. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he had did. he could have come up in the stands and sat by you for a while, came oh, back no. and, and made the throw. Yeah, uh, back there it was amazing. I mean, yes, Ralph yeah, Yolai did a great job, and his scramble ability really really creates a lot of opportunity. And he gets a lot out of uh, 
not a lot of completions at times, 12 completions down at Ohio State, yes. and yet he threw for 263 yards. Yep. Here he throws for three touchdowns out of yeah. uh, 11 completions. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he does what he's been asked to do. Yeah. And Jim Harbaugh made a really good point. You know, he said J.J. McCarthy could be that kind of guy that is, hey, I'm J.J. McCarthy. I should be throwing the ball 30, 35 times a game. I, I – this or that and you see him and he couldn't be happier he says i'm you know we we have this smash fest and all yeah. that kind of thing he's into it he just wants to win yeah yeah he, he's a tough dude and and all those 11 completions were all crucial completions and i thought the touchdown pass to ronnie bell uh you i think it was early in uh or early in the fourth quarter that was a mm -hmm. crucial pass to extend that lead i mean that was that was that was a great throw um i mean he he you know he he a couple of the scrambles that we talked about. Um, I mean, he, you know, he's making every completion count. And I, I think, you know, when we get into his junior year, you're going to see the 250 to 325 yard uh, yardage outputs from JJ McCarthy. I think that's coming down the line. It's just the reliance on the running game right now. And Donovan Edwards making big plays. And then the defense, the defense was in, in the red zone. My word. They were terrific. I mean, all Purdue was doing was kicking field goals in that second half. And yet between the 20s, it was a little dicey. And that's where all the anxiety, I think, came in the, in the fan base on the Michigan side. Sure. But uh, Michigan's defense uh, has stepped up in a huge way, not only in the, the Big Ten championship game, but the week earlier in Columbus. Once, uh, once opponents get around the red zone, it's, it's, they're shutting them down. They're keeping them out of the end zone. And that's... Uh, a lot of old-time Michigan coaches would like that sort of thing, you know. You oh, know, yeah. bend but not break, and you can, you know, you just uh, you stonewall them. So it was the second straight Big Ten championship. The confetti comes down from the roof, all yeah. of that, and and you you start to think this, you know, they keep certifying. One by one. They certainly certified a week ago. You win in Columbus. You've won two in a row over Ohio State, and you've done it in their home. That is that boom. You stamp certified on that. And then two of these in a row. I mean, they're, they're before this, for the dec more than a decade and a half, Michigan fans are thinking, are, is this team ever going to win the Big Ten again? And now, boom, you, you're, you're – and it's not just that they won it. They want it in convincing fashion in a way that gives you the impression that they could turn right back around next year and do it all over again. Yeah, not to get ahead of ourselves this year. But, you know, great, great question uh, and, and topic, John. I thought last year was jubilation and this year is validation. I mean, last year, it was a more relaxing second half of that Iowa game. We were all we were down there for that. And, and but I, I, I think that. This year it was like let's you know let's have Michigan prove that that was not an aberration, lad. You know that was just a one and done thing, uh, and they obviously did that winning down in Columbus back to back. But to go and and end up winning, you know, uh, by you know convince you know three touchdowns against Purdue and again and a, and a Purdue team that is is scary has scary elements that they competed with everybody. They've lost to some teams and and. Uh, Aiden O'Connell is a terrific quarterback, and what and what a what a tear-jerking story he had to endure losing his brother. And uh, that dude's got moxie, I'll tell mm. you that. Um, and a, and a good running game. And so I, I I thought Purdue held themselves well. I'd like to see them beat L LSU in the 
in the bowl game. And I think they, I think they could do that, but uh, yeah, it was, it was different. You know, we had to go back to all three and all four for back-to-back big 10 championships. Keep in mind, those were shares, you yeah. know, that's, and that was before the, you know, this uh, championship game format. And then before that, I think you got to go back into the, 70s, if I'm not mistaken, maybe you know. I mean, I'm trying to think. You know, for back to back, yeah, for back to back. It's, it's uh, you had you had five the five in a row. Let's uh, no, but I'm talking about not. I mean, where you had exclusivity, complete exclusivity on those uh, shares. Well, I believe 91 and, and ni- 91 and 92 were outright. Okay, okay, for outright, those are both outrights. Okay, yeah. so that's 30 years. You know, that's yes, three sir. That's a long time. Uh, you know, going and um, and then you know once you get further back on that, you got to go back way back. So to to win, uh, and and then the other thing is John the thirteen and zero, but blows my mind. I mean, you, to to win thirteen games, and we've heard this over and over from from uh, local media and and the national media. I don't care who you are. That's I don't care what your schedule is. That's hard to do. And when you've only lost two of those games, only two of those wins of those thirteen have been in single digits. Uh, it, which is the antithesis of what TCU has gone through on their slate, which makes Michigan a heavy favorite in this game, or relatively heavy favorite. I mean, that's that's impressive as well. So uh, I, I love this team, man. I'm just crazy about this team. It's so much fun. It's amazing. And the, the only, uh, you know, you, you talk about a tearjerker. This is an, on another level for uh, O'Connell. And, uh, you know, as as you said, our our – Thoughts go out to him oh, and yeah. his family, and he is really good. The the uh, a much lesser sort of hurt, but still a hurt nonetheless, is to uh, to know that Blake Corum didn't get to participate in all of this as as he would have liked. And but still, this this team just seems to shrug it off and and keep going. It's got the some depth. Uh, what a showcase time for Donovan Edwards to be able to step forward and do what he's doing. Uh, he is certainly going to uh, to be your number one guy next year, unless Blake Carm decides to come back. Donovan's up on that stage. He gets the MVP of the Big Ten Championship. What does he do? He talks about Blake Carm <laughs> the yeah. whole time. I mean, that's cool. this is why this team is the way they are. This is a culture thing. This was not the way this program was. When you and I have talked about this a couple of years, as, as soon as, you know, as most recent as a couple of years ago, the culture was way different than it is right now. I'm not saying it's perfect, but no, I mean, you got a hundred and, you know, 110, 100, however many guys you got, and you got all the, all, all the other, you know, you got coaches and you got, you know, quality control guys and you got, geez, you get this big mass of 150 people, whatever the heck it is. To have everything go smoothly is, and, uh, and everybody, you know, in a, in a, Seamless culture that that's tough to do, but it seemingly has worked. And um, I, I I just think this team likes each other. Jim Harbaugh likes his team. He he's loose. He's having a great time. And um, you know, there, there's two more opportunities to make this season truly magical, one at a time. Obviously, the first challenge at the Fiesta Bowl against TCU. Yeah, and that's what we want to talk about next. Uh, you mentioned uh, Michigan culture. We're going to talk about a couple of little bumps in the road uh, later in this podcast. But right ahead, dead ahead, TCU on uh, New Year's Eve. Your thoughts about that matchup? I I don't. I mean, I I can't see Michigan as a heavy favorite. I just think that 
if you get this far, you're good enough to to give anybody a game. And I'm I, I <laughs> you see that quarterback operate. We talked about uh, O'Connell in a, in a passing sense. Uh, TCU quarterback is just tough as nails, and certainly earned Jim Harbaugh's respect uh, in how he went about things in his last game despite the fact that TCU did not win. Yeah, Max Duggan's a, I mean, he's got blood dripping down his forearms. I mean, my God, that guy, <laughs> that guy looked like a junkyard dog. You know, you know, I'm watching the game, that game, over at the JW Marriott, not the Marriott that Michigan was staying, but the JW Marriott, great area to watch. Man, pouring with Michigan fans. And all these Michigan fans are rooting for TCU. I mean, and I, you know, let's be real. I mean, that's, I, I was too. I mean, I want the uh, if Michigan plays Ohio State, have it in the have it in the title game, you know, on on January 9th, uh, out in LA. Okay, that's fine. That's all well and good. They survived Georgia, so be it. I don't I don't care which one of those two teams win. But TCU and Michigan, I think, is a great opportunity for Michigan. I think it's doable. I think Michigan can run the football against TCU. I really do, much more productively than they did against Purdue. And uh maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, you know, looking at their I mean, I'm going back on their of their game. And I watched TCU. I watched a lot of college football. I, I watched that, I think it was double O, that Oklahoma State game. They were very fortunate to win that. We know about the Baylor game. They had a walk-off win on that. I mean, you know, they have not really, I mean, they've skanked by a lot of teams by a small amount of points, but that's a mark of a good team. But you, no when you look at the metrics on that, John, compared to what Michigan has done, as I mentioned before, double digits uh, and some pretty land-sided wins, um, and, and look at that Penn State game. I mean, TCU doesn't have a, a, a insurmountable Penn State, you know, margin of victory like, you know, like we did, like Michigan did, not we, Michigan did, and also like Ohio <laughs> State did. Like I was with my fan. I was with my friends this weekend. There okay, you I go. Believe, You're yeah, still I'm, in the stands. Out, I'm human, man, and I'm your <laughs> fourth, okay? But, and then the Ohio State game, okay? So, I mean, TCU didn't have that kind of win either. They Their strength sure. of schedule, their strength of schedule, was hey was solid. I think it's a t- the toughest of the four uh, survivors in in the CFP. But I'm telling you what, um, I like the matchup. I'll just say that. I like oh, I do. I, I do as well. <laughs> and you know, Michigan currently at uh, minus seven point five on the line. That's that's healthy respect for a Michigan team. That's uh, more than a touchdown. Pretty decent line. I will say this: um, a lot of talk came out when the ordering came about some were arguing no way can tcu stay in the three spot if uh they lose the game and they lost the game so everybody was saying, oh no oh they're gonna slip ohio state in there or uh, some said ohio state didn't belong in the the top four to begin with but others were saying hey they're gonna jump them they're gonna match michigan and ohio state in that uh, semifinal as it turns out, we get Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State. If Ohio State was going to make it, I think that is uh, that's the ordering that I felt was the most right and that I wanted to see. How about you? Well, TCU, you know, is going out there and putting it on the line in an extra game. Ohio State's flopping on their couch, having Utah Utes take care of business for them, and then chilling on Saturday as well, uh, watching TCU, you know, lose a, a tight one. So. I don't have any sympathy about Ohio State being number four. Um, and, and, you know, the matter, you know, and, and you know, people say, well, 
you know, Georgia's got the, you know, they're the number one seed versus uh, over what Michigan has in their opponent. Well, one and two is not that far apart anyway, from my understanding. I mean, when you really look at the body of work, um, I don't think there's a huge disparity between the Georgia and Michigan in the bottom. I mean, look at this. I mean, they're playing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. That's Sanford Stadium in Athens West, okay? They're going to have that place. It's they, How many games has Georgia played in Atlanta in the last few years? My word. That's a de facto home game. Trust me, there'll be a ton of Ohio State fans. They, they will buy their way in. Uh, and they will they will show up strong, but I mean Ohio's for for Georgia. This is a this is a home game. Let's be real. So I don't have a lot of sympathy up for people who are saying, oh, they got screwed. Uh, that they'd rather play. T- Maybe they would rather play TCU, but you know they're getting they're getting literally a home game. So you know they should just quit whining. Yeah, I think Ohio State will be decently represented. I'm not sure well, they that will. they will. I, yeah, but I'm not sure that they will come out in as overwhelming a numbers as it would have been had they not had that last game they did. You think? Uh, there you think there were a little... lot of people that looked yeah. on and were a little disillusioned, like this can't be happening for a second okay. year in a row. Okay. I mean, that's, that's you know, there, there might be some that decide, ah, I'm not going to watch these guys' tails get kicked for a second straight game. And, I, yeah. you know, uh, that's they, true. it doesn't take much to uh, for the Ohio State fan who has been uh, very spoiled over the last couple of decades to, to suddenly, you know, turn on things. And, and it'll be, it'll be difficult when we get the aerial shot, even though it's indoors. I mean, yeah. red on red. Red I mean, on red. Really tell. I mean, yeah. let's be real. I mean, it'll be a noise thing evaluation when, when teams score or make stops in that game that we'll get a game. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what, the Michigan will be out in Arizona enjoying uh, that state and getting ready for TCU. It, they will have come a long way since the last time in Arizona. I believe it was the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. Oh, oh and, yeah. Uh, and, oh, and the, poke my eyes out. That was, yeah. a, bad, that was a bad time. That no. was a bad time in Michigan football lore. Yeah. yeah Kansas State, good. right? Kansas State? Yeah. Over yeah. Brady Hoke's team? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not, not good, good. but not good. <laughs> but I, I do. I you know I like the matchup for Michigan. I I think that uh, JJ McCarthy will be able to do a lot of things in that game. Uh, Michigan's off, offensive line alone will ex- exert its will one more time. I just uh, I hearken back to the, that Ohio State and slowing it down and looking back uh, on that game and seeing what the interior of Michigan's offensive line did as that game against the Buckeyes got later and later and they really started to crumple some people, I think that they will be able to do the same thing against TCU and uh, uh, once again have a really big second half. I just don't um, I don't see them pulling away in the first half. It doesn't seem to be what they do. They are like that boxer punching and feeling out and jabbing and, yeah, and yeah. moving, and then, uh, then you start to really – Assert yourself in the second half. Yeah, yeah. and Blake Corman is uh, he's, he's re- I, mean, I, I can tell Blake Corman is a boxing fan because he's made that reference about punching and punching a few of the post pressers, and then we'll wear him down. And and Jesse Mentor must be a <laughs> he must be a mad scientist in that uh, in, you know in in that locker room at halftime. Uh, you know because there have been some incredible adjustments when you look back. How many single digits shutouts or three points here and there? This was nine points. 
I think the Illinois game was the only time that uh, they gave up touchdowns in the second half uh, in the back half of this season. I mean, the Illinois game was was kind of an aberration in that regard. So Michigan, and then, and then the Ben Herbert thing, we you know we referenced that early in the podcast, and you know if there's a, a an award for strength and conditioning coach of the year, I mean he's you know he's got to be up there with that because there's a lot of lasting power in this team, and and then I think some offensive adjustments as well. I thought Michigan got the running game going more effectively in the second half. You saw on that on that first series, I mean the first play. Donovan Edwards busts out on the left side going, you know, going down the sidelines in front of the Purdue sidelines and, and got that thing going stoked out real quick. And, uh, you know, you felt that Michigan was going to take command the second half, and they did. Yes, sir. And uh, your reference to Jesse Minter uh, as mad scientist, I think he's the mad scientist that Jim Harbaugh really needs to keep in the local yeah. lab next year. I think that yeah. is going to be – just vital. You look, uh, Ohio State and Penn State combined for six second half points. Purdue and Ohio State combined for what was it? Six second half points? Yeah. 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 yeah so it's just field goals. I mean, there's no touchdowns. I mean, they are keeping teams out of the end zone. I think they can do it. Uh, against TCU this TCU has some explosiveness and they will I mean you couldn't help but watch that last game if you're Jesse Minter and really start dialing some things up in terms of okay how do we contain Duggan Mm -hmm. and I I gotta wait and see to see if Mike Morris is back for that game uh because I know he's he's been itching to go and uh, just haven't been able to that's huge. And they got a big, tall receiver and they, they do a lot of 50, 50 balls. You know, if there's one, uh, and I don't like, you know, I thought Michigan secondary had some, let's call it weak moments in this game. Um, that, I mean, and I think they've been stellar pretty much, uh, the, in, the in, uh, entire year and what Steve Clinksdale done with that. That's, you know, that, that position group is, is, has been amazing. Okay. But if there's one weakness that, or one, one just observation that Michigan seems vulnerable to, it's the 50-50 ball. I mean, they can have great coverage, but they don't – They, you know, there's a lot of 50-50 balls. I mean, the 50-50 balls typically are being won by the offense. Uh, when they, And this goes back to the, you know, I'm, I'm the Michigan State game. Remember the first half of the Michigan State game this year, the 50-50 ball? I mean, that's all Michigan State got by in their aerial game all season long was just throwing up a 50-50 ball. Um, yep. And, you know, and, and you know, you know, to Coleman or somebody like that. I mean, that's just, that's how they did it. And um, I, I thought Purdue, of course, Charlie Jones was, a, you know, he was Wes Welker out there on, on steroids. I mean, he, he was amazing. But I mean, I, I, you know, I think that could be a problem in this game. And uh, so they're going to have, I mean, Will Johnson's going to have to, his, his amazing year is going to have to get super amazing. And, and, uh, and, and, and Sanders still and the rest of the bunch back in that, you know, that back four are going to have to get it done. Cause I think that's going to be the big test. Cause I don't think, I don't think that they're, well, and this is an offensive team, TCU, uh, and TCU is going to score point defensively. It's not a defensive team. I think they're like 56 and yielding of scoring. So it's not a good metric for them defensively, but it's a heck of a metric for them offensively. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, you need to do exactly what you have done two years in a row against Ohio State: take yes. a great offensive team and yes. hold them in the twenties, and yes. uh, and then exactly. roll. And exactly. uh, 
as far as 50-50 balls, I agree with you. Um, but I'll tell you what, there was a 75-25 ball that it looked for all the world like Cade, uh, Cade Stover was going to uh, hang on to oh. in the end zone. Yeah. And, uh, and Mikey Sainristil comes up yeah. and flicks it away. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, that's that's one of the plays of the year for Michigan. They need, they will need that sort of uh, effort against TCU. Well, you know, when you look at um, when I look at teams that have won the national championship, and I hate to uh, exemplify Ohio State, uh, but I'll go back to their 2002. I think it was 2002 they won the national championship, and uh, you you always have these these certain plays. Um, you know, the Michael Jenkins touchdown, holy Buckeye, Michael, you have certain plays and you have certain games that, um, that get them over the hump. Okay. For, for Ohio state, uh, in 2002, it was the Purdue game on the road for this Michigan team. It was the Illinois game. It was the Illinois game. That was a, that had a lot of little nightmare to it all the way through. It was a root canal for fans and players. Uh, Blake Corn went down. He lost not only the rest of us, he lost the Heisman Trophy against Illinois. Let's yeah. be real. It cost this Heisman Trophy had his name written all over it the way things played out. If if he had stayed healthy, would have played out rather. Right. And so, um, but that's the game we're going to be looking back, that Illinois game. And and maybe a little bit of the Maryland game. Uh, but that I thought Michigan had, even though that was a one touchdown game, they had pretty much control. And those are the only two single digit. Uh, victories that Michigan have, but I mean, and so that, yeah, the, but the, the, the play that you're talking about, the same or still, um, poke out in the end zone, silver, wow, because that, that changed the whole complexion of that game. And what, one play later, two plays later, Donovan goes 75 yards? Yes, sir. Game over. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, all right. So let us just assume for a moment and I, we hate to make assumptions, but let us just assume for the sake of argument that Michigan takes down TCU, finds itself in the national championship game at SoFi Stadium, and the question becomes, who do you want to see? You've got a couple of uh, scintillating possibilities for rematch. Either it's the Georgia team, that took Michigan down hard last year in the playoff, or you got the Buckeyes again. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to hold off. I just want to uh, – I've got a strong opinion on this, but I'd well, like gonna, to hear you're, yours you're gonna, first. You're, okay, so I go – okay, you go first. Okay, I'll, I'm, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm conflicted in this thing because, I mean, there's pluses and minuses uh, for both teams, Okay. Um, Georgia is still Georgia. I mean, I still have that down in my sitting down there at, at you know Hard Rock Stadium uh, and seeing freakish size and speed on defense. Although they lost a lot of those guys in the NFL, I don't think Georgia's quite the team this year that they were last year. They're a hell of a team, and uh, you know I saw them play. You know I watched them play Tennessee and 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 beat down some other teams, and then and then that looked so impressive against you know Georgia Tech for a while. I taped that game and checked them out in that game. Um, but uh, so I have that, you know, I, I, I think that's doable. But Ohio State, I mean, you know, is it, it's tough to beat a, a team twice in the same year. I'm, I'm still stuck on that thing. Uh, and yet I think Georgia is better than Ohio State. So why wouldn't I want Ohio State? Um, 
I, 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 I'd rather play Georgia. And, and I, I'm going to tell you why. Because for the Georgia game, it's a little bit of a payback for Michigan. Okay. And also, I mean, if Ohio State is really clicking, and, you know, I, what I didn't want to play Ohio State, and although the weather was perfect in Columbus, I always said to myself, I don't, I would not, not want to play CJ Stroud and the Ohio State Buckeyes in an indoor controlled environment. I think that would not be good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and SoFi is controlled environment. It's got, you know, it's open air, but it's got that, you know, that million, you know, multi-billion dollar stadium has got that roof over there so it's a controlled environment it's gonna be dry in there and comfortable and uh so to answer your question uh after you know gibberish around here i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'd rather play georgia because i think it would be a rematch of last year a little payback there although one good thing uh, about the michigan ohio state game if you're a big 10 kind of guy if you're a michigan ohio state rivalry kind of guy it would be in my opinion the most hyped college football game in the history of the game. And that goes beyond any Alabama-Georgia game. And it even exceeds, when I was 10 years old here in East Lansing, the buildup for Michigan State-Notre Dame, two undefeated teams, uh, November 19th of 1966. I remember every week, that's all everybody talked about, Michigan State-Notre Dame, leading up to the game to decide who was the national champion. That was when that was decided before the bowl games back there. For you younger people who don't know historian type stuff like I do, okay. <laughs> so, um, so I would think that that so that would be great in a, in regards, but God forbid I wouldn't want Michigan to lose to Ohio State. I'd rather play Georgia, okay. I'm, I'll stick with that. <laughs> All right. Well, we agree on what the matchup we'd prefer to see, but for different reasons. Let, okay. let me preface this because I had this thought when you were talking about SoFi and the retractable roof and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michigan turns out a lot of engineers, right? Yeah. So if you get that matchup, and it was Ohio State, you send somebody up onto that roof, you jimmy the retractable roof, you keep it open, you have other guys with fans and freezers and making fake snow that comes oh, down on the Buckeyes. Crazy. You're That's, a crazy dude, man. <laughs> well, you know, that would freak them out. You know that. Yeah. They, yeah. They'd immediately start making excuses. Right. So right. <laughs> here, here's my thinking on this. Uh, you, I do not think that Georgia – I total respect, but Georgia yeah. – 2022 isn't georgia 2021 i I just don't believe it just because so many first round draft choices i mean they repopulated the nfl with their roster last year and i I just don't think they have still there i mean that you know that understood oh like a tight end and he's got a sidekick is almost as good as him he's scared the heck out of yeah there's still a ton of talent. No argument there. I just don't think, you know, they, they go to Missouri and they're down considerably. And they yeah. they had a few games this year where you kind of looked at them and said, okay, they're, yeah. they're, they are not invincible. But they can and turn it on, though, John. They have, I get they it. have, that, they have that, that, that accelerator, you know, that they punch and all of a sudden they're up to 4,500 RPM and it's like, look out. Yeah, if you were just looking at the the matchup that I think Michigan could more easily win, I would think it would be Ohio State. But it's still not the matchup that I particularly want to see because I don't think Ohio State belongs in the last four teams alive. 
Okay, and so you're I, selling that chick. Yeah, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. They, they, other teams lost and laid down and got their tails kicked and everything else. But I mean, they they advanced after a twenty two point loss in their own stadium. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I can't listen. I don't like Ohio state and I don't have, I don't have this big 10 allegiance crap that some people, Oh, it's great for the big 10, which I just stated, you know, I'm not, you know, I say, I threw that nugget out there, but do I, do I personally want Ohio state? I, there's two teams. I can't stand Michigan state and Ohio state. I want them to lose every freaking game that I don't care. I don't care. They're playing tiddlywinks. I don't like their fan bases. They're both at the same level. Michigan State has really disappointed me in their fan base or people around me in East Lansing um, uh, for what's happened in the last week, two weeks, three, going back to the Michigan-Michigan State game and, and all the, the the stuff that I'm sure we might talk about. But, I mean, it's uh, – so I, I, I want them to lose. So I, I want – I want when uh, – on New Year's – on New Year's Eve, Michigan beats Texas – or Texas – or TCU, Texas Christian. Let's, let's just uh, – Say that's going to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Keep my fingers crossed. Uh, I'll be cheering for the Georgia Bulldogs, and I'll be cheering vehemently for the with the, for the Georgia Bulldogs with my little New Year's Eve little cone hat on, on the top of my head. That's I'll be all about. It. Very good, but I do agree with you. If it ended up being Michigan Ohio State, oh my word, would it be well, well, a hyped, unbelievable build right. up to that game? So I would have to right. be medica- I would have to be medicated probably. <laughs> well, probably. You go. not necessarily, but probably. We're I coming down. To about that. We're coming down the home stretch, so we don't have a lot of time to talk about the Michigan State bowl game. And oh, oh okay, we're done. We have time. Wow. <laughs> Mo- moving on. Yes, moving on. Uh, moving on. Kate McNamara is moving on. He is yeah. going to be an Iowa Hawkeye. And we've also got Eric all in the transfer portal. Big change for uh, a couple of guys that were just immense contributors last year. I've got some mixed feelings here. Uh, how about you? Well, the Eric all thing took me way off guard. I mean, I was excited when I heard he was coming back. And I, you know, that, and this is, you know, where, I mean, even though our media access gives a little bit closer visibility of what's going on in the program than, than, you know, fans do, but still we really don't know what's going inside those walls. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and the dynamics and what people are thinking, but this portal thing is nuts. I mean, on Monday, 500 kids signed up for the portal. There's 2000 kids in the transfer portal, John. It's crazy. crazy. And you, there's not going to be spots for them. What do do those dudes do? You know, and I don't know about, I'm still haven't really learned in full disclosure about this injury that, I mean, Eric all had back surgery. I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm even more shocked he's coming back. I, it sounded like when you have back surgery, that's dicey just in everyday life. Yeah. And um, I, But I wish him the best. He was a terrific player for Michigan. If he goes to Iowa, I mean, I, has that been – is that everybody's just thinking that? Is that what's going to be or, or, or not? I mean, is he going to Iowa, John, Eric? I would not be at all surprised to okay. see that be where he ends up. And okay. I, I'll just add this. I mean – Advice to young men. Um, you can you can make changes. You can make moves. Uh, you will regret it less, and you will come off looking much better if you just 
move on, say your thanks, be regarded as someone who greatly contributed to Michigan, and, you know, try to limit or, or avoid altogether the parting shots out the door or even hinting yeah, that, at, that, at that things. That disappointed me and surprised me more than anything. And, I mean, and it was a subtle thing, but it was, it was still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was you still there. And, you know, the, the the grad transfer. I mean, Dave McNamara got his degree from the University of Michigan, and uh, as an alumnus, I'm he's gonna. I mean, uh, hey, welcome to the alumni corps, people. That's a great. That's a great thing to put up on the wall. But um, I, and I, I, you know, I think he saw the fact that that he's not going to be playing quarterback at Michigan, and Iowa's a good figure. It, 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 you know, it's the it's the. Tra- the trade, uh, you know, from 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 uh, what J- Jake Rudock, you know, the trade from fifteen or whatever that was. Player to be named later. Player, be play, player, maybe players to be named later. Okay, so I understand that, but the Eric Hall thing a little bit surprised me, and then just other player, you know, we got a couple sophomores here. I mean, Alabama. I mean, Alabama's got six or seven guys that are going in the portal. Um, it's it's the grass is always greener, and there's a lot of influencer beyond even the parents that are getting in kids ears and also the nil element there's a lot of moving parts but uh i mean i remember when it hit 1500 in the portal last year i remember that was a huge takeaway uh but 2000 and i i just i can't process that when you have coaching staffs where you have staff positions that all they're doing is looking at the portal i mean that that that, that's crazy that there were got to that point i you know and so that's why i you know you have to almost reinvent yourself every year because you don't know how many kids you're going to have coming back Yes, sir. Hello, Mel Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, couple last Thanks things. Did uh, did Blake Corum, and in my opinion, it's a resounding yes, did he belong in the Heisman finalist field? I think he did. Oh, hell yeah. Despite the injury. Yes, he would have had a fantastically big stage down at Ohio State. I think he should have been there anyway, as opposed to, you know, taking all quarterbacks. He, he was one game short of a full season. I mean, and he, and even attempted to play in that game and showed a lot of fortitude and, and, and effort to do that. And um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, and I was, it was thrilling to have Aiden Hutchinson there last year. And I loved it when Desmond and Charles Woodson were Heisman trophy, but I'm not, I'm not one of these award kind of guys. I mean, I, I, I am so focused on the team, a team, a team from the bow speech many, many years ago that um, I don't get, Twisted up in it that much, although if there's any, but you're right. If there's anybody deserving of a Heisman Trophy, a, you know, appearance in New York and all the accolades that go with that, and getting interviewed by, you know, her Kirk Herbstring doing all that, all that, all that stuff of uh, uh, an admiration that people have for him, he deserved it. So I'm disappointed. Maybe he might come back next year. Who knows? Uh, maybe he'll win the whole thing. You know, yeah. we can hope for that. And here's the beauty of it. You say you're not all that into the the individual awards. The other guy that isn't is Blake Corum. Exactly. exactly. He just won to win this year, and he yep. made that very, very clear. So yep. before we go, we got to talk uh, a little bit of Michigan basketball because okay. you, there's, a, there's a combination going on here of, oh, boy, they're five and three. They're they're losing uh, close games. This and and this is not going to turn out well. But at the same time, a couple of these recent losses, Virginia and then Kentucky yeah. over in London, I think that uh, were almost more encouraging than uh, 
than some of the wins that they've had just because uh, quality opponent, you did some things right, you hung in there. I will say this, the, the injury to Jalen Llewellyn uh, has uh, a lot of people very worried. And but I, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's it's too too early to write this team off. Oh, I'm not writing this team off. When you look back last year, of all the, you know, I mean, they lost to Seton Hall. They lost, you know, they lost. They got drilled by Minnesota in a Big Ten opener. They, you know, they got drilled by Iowa late in the season. I mean, they they were a bubble team. They had, you know, thirteen losses going into. I think it was thirteen or fourteen losses going in. They were a bubble team. They lost in the first game of the Big Ten tournament. And then they go down to Indy and they. They earned a fifth straight Sweet 16 wins over Colorado State and Tennessee, a number two seed. So, hey, uh, I'm not worried about this team. And, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not into moral victories either, John. And I think you framed that accurately um, that, you know, it, there was some silver lining to those two games. And uh, the UVA game was there for the taking. It was there. The 11-point lead at halftime uh, let it slip away. The last possession was a little, you know, frustrating. Uh, the timeout usage and things like that. Uh, but then, you know, so, okay, got past that. So they go to London, which is crazy, and they play a good Kentucky team with oodles of talent. And Michigan had a, was right there to win that game. I thought Hunter was terrific with 23 points. I thought Kobe Bufkin is starting to – he's starting to get me excited. Um, and But the Jalen Llewellyn, I really felt bad for that kid, but he's been struggling. Maybe this will be an opportunity for Doug McDaniel to step in there and be that point guard. You know, the grad transfer thing – you know, I think I've shared with you, John, that I know it. You know, you had the Mike Smith, Devontae Jones, uh, and now Llewellyn, and I, I yearn for the, you know, the other formula, the Derek Walton, Xavier Simpson, four-year guy, and uh, we w- would have had that Frankie Collins, but he took off. So I think you need a veteran point guard, um, and I hope uh, that Juwan addresses that in future recruiting, um, but. Um, Maybe give uh, ride ride the Rapids with McDaniel, and maybe get maybe even run Kobe in there at the point uh, with Jet at the uh, at the two, and bring Joey Baker to fire some balls at the three. I don't know, but they're going to have to figure it out. They got to win some basketball game. Two critical games, John, for me. That Minnesota game on the road, yes, sir. Uh, Thursday night, huge because that's a winnable road game. Even though Barnes a tough place to play, then that first. The other Big Ten home, uh, Big Ten start, uh, the second Big Ten game, Maryland at home. Maryland, very good. But it's at home. It's at home on January 1, okay? Got to win that game. Got to win. You got to win these first two games. They win these first two Big Ten games, everything's cool. Well, that's that would put them ahead of some Big Ten teams that haven't won, didn't win yeah, their first uh, game. So I'm just going to – three guys that really need to grow up a lot between now and Feb- late February. Okay. Doug McDaniel, as yep. you mentioned, Kobe Bufkin, and Jet yep. Howard, yep. all with plenty of talent, yep. but all with uh, things. I mean, Jet Howard was with uh, some of the the fouls that put him on the bench. Yeah, uh, you know, away from the play, away from you know, you just that that can't happen. And he he's going to learn so much uh, at this level, and as will the other two. You see those guys. Uh, grow as the season goes along. I think this team could be get much better. Tom Crawford, it's it's always fun. It always goes fast. Five minutes just I, flies by. Man. I appreciate it. Randy last week. This is crazy. Yes, sir. We need more time. Yes, I will say this. We won't announce who it is right now, but we've got uh, another very special guest oh, coming in the 
in the not yeah. too near future, we'll have yeah. uh, a bunch through basketball we got season. Some great guys lined up for uh, for both football and basketball, JB. I'm super excited being on the podcast with you moving forward. The golden years of <laughs> the golden era of Michigan football and basketball, as you alluded to. There you go. Join us again next week at uh, 5.30 p.m. Eastern, and we will see you then. Thanks, John. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.